Ugh, what if that was actually how my show started? That would be terrible. Just kidding. What's up? Welcome. You're listening to Intro to People. I'm your host, Brooks Dawson, as always. And welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This week we've got Caleb Grow on the show. I'm very excited about it. He is a felter, a musician, a creative in general, a very easy person to talk to. It was a, it was a great experience overall. I would rate it. Very, very highly. For those of you that don't know, Intro to People, this show, is a conversation between two people that have never met before, and it can be pretty awkward, and it can be pretty cool, but you know, we do it, we live it, we love it, we laugh, and we eat, and we pray, and we love, right? Well, without further ado, let's just get into the show. You're listening to Intro to People. I'm saying that right. It's grow. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. How's your how's your day going? What's going on? It's going great. I uh, just felt it a little bit, drank some coffee, and I'm here. Let, I want to talk about, just start right out of the gate, the felting stuff. Yeah. That is so cool. I've yeah. never seen, it's one of those things where it's so, like, I don't understand how it works at all. Yeah. So it seems like the most crazy, like, cool thing ever. How did, like, how did you get started with that? Oh... I have a different story every time I talk about it. Really? Yeah. Just because it, there were, I don't know, it started with a fascination for wooly things. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I saw a Michelle Gondry film and saw that I could, like, make it uh, more, I just could make it um, relevant to, like, my world and um, I could actually use it. This is, yeah. I, I haven't felt in since I was like 16. Really? Yeah. That's so crazy. And initially, were you making the animal heads or was it just kind of like... No, full bodies and people would put them on TVs or wherever and I'd be like, no. So I'd put them on the plaques and people yeah. knew where to put them. The, I mean, the first time I saw those, I was like, this is such a genius idea because I feel like, especially in Nashville, there's that want to like decorate with like a very real yeah. like animal kind of style. But a lot, I feel like a lot of these people are people that are very like either against guns or against hunting or that kind of thing so you're still getting um the very cool image of like you know the unicorns and the uh oh my gosh like the walruses i think what was the one it's a norwal i think is that what's yeah, called norwal. that one i saw i was like okay this this is legit because that's like a very cool but that was that was so cool so you've been doing that since you were 16 and is that just kind of like a just like a passion project or are you doing that like part-time full-time work really that's my full-time job really so you do you just what's like an average felting day you just wake up and just wake up at 7 30 probably and then um yeah 7 30 um eat something like a protein bar so i don't have to make breakfast okay and then just jump immediately right in um and some days i'll go for uh 10 hours really that's like it's that's pretty usual and then i'll make music afterwards um but lately, like, music is becoming more full-time, and so it's just kind of, like, 
balancing two creative full-time jobs. Yeah. And it's so, like, um, it's just so, it gets crazy. Um, because you have these two tornadoes just, like, fighting each other. Yeah. And sometimes you lose all creative energy, and then you have an abundance of creative energy because they become symbiotic in some way, and it's unpredictable. That's that's wild. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So how long have you been playing music, then? Has that uh, just been kind of like a lifelong? Yeah, totally. I started recording when I was 13. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's changed a lot um, since then, what I've, uh, just my approach. But, yeah, I've been doing it for a lot longer than the felt. Was there, like, a specific record or, like, you know, your father bought you a guitar, that kind of thing? Was that, like, what got you into music, you would say? Um, definitely Radio Disney, and then... Oh, yeah. And then my mom, I would think I was nine years old, but my mom was like, uh, what do you want for your birthday? Because she always likes to have a list. Yeah. A concise list um, with internet links and whatnot, and I was like, oh, I don't have a list this year. I was like, you know what? I just want a guitar, and I was messing around. Yeah. I was just kind of, like, poking and putting that out there, and I thought, in my head, like, guitars were, like thousand dollars yeah you know like I could never own a guitar <laughs> and she was like okay and I was like wait <laughs> wait are you kidding I'm That's kidding awesome. are you kidding and I got a guitar and started writing songs where where are you from originally uh, my dad was in the Coast Guard oh so you just all over yeah okay, so I moved it... from Boston okay but most of my family's in Southern California That's mm-hmm. where I go to see my family but I was born in New England as well was that was that hard growing up, traveling all around all the time? No, I I just see the benefits of that. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you? So, what for people that don't know, what what would you say like the benefits of that are? I think just um, I think it's kind of cool to not identify too strongly with the place, mm-hmm. um, just because it makes you more open to other cultures and other people. Yeah. Um, I to me like Southern California isn't the way mm-hmm. like I don't speak like I'm from there I don't think like I'm from there yeah. I don't act like I'm from Boston mm-hmm. um, every time someone like every time like someone's like where are you from I'll just say the most recent place I lived yeah. and they'll say oh you totally don't talk like you don't <laughs> talk like you're from there you don't act like you're from there and I'm like cool cause I'm <laughs> yeah. and they're like oh I couldn't like and I tell them, like, I'm just kind of from everywhere. And they're like, that makes sense. Like, I couldn't pin your, like, accent. And I'm like, I didn't think I had an accent. Yeah. Or just, like, your, like, rhetoric. People like to um, identify a rhetoric with, um, like, a geographical location. Mm-hmm. Is there, like, so of those places you lived, um, obviously you're saying you're not necessarily identifying with one independently, but what what was, like, one of the places you felt like um, you really enjoyed being like maybe someplace you might end back up at oh I don't think I'll end up back in any of those places really yeah to me it's like you got one life um, if you already live somewhere already did that like that's over that really? that era already happened it'd be like revisit it'd be like going back to middle school if I moved back to Long really? Island yeah so then being in Nashville now, is there like a place that you're eyeing to move or go to next? No, I'm sticking around for a bit. Okay. And then if I think at this point it's not going to be like a, a joy move. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna move if like it's necessary. It's like a work. New York or LA situation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's always it's so funny how working in any field of the entertainment industry, 
LA and New York always are kind of like the pinnacle. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm going to LA and that's supposed to be like a status. Like, oh, I've finally reached the big time. So I'm going to like, like I play stadiums now. So I live in LA, like that kind of thing, (laughs) which is always so, so interesting. But that, that's such a, that's such a cool thought to not necessarily to just be that open and not necessarily identify. Cause I feel like a lot of people like, you know, the, the classic examples like Texas yeah. where people are like, I am from Texas and this is the thing that I'm going to say on the first day of class when people want to know interesting facts, I'm going to have the bumper sticker, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for people maybe not associating with that, it's a very, like, it can be like a turnoff. Like people in a sense can maybe not necessarily respect that person as much because mm-hmm. they're like, uh, well, you're kind of annoying, so I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, totally. that's That's interesting, basically having that clean slate, but at the same time, uh, a wealth of experiences from all over. Because, I mean, obviously, Southern California and Boston are very different places. Mm-hmm. I can see now, too, the way that it does negative, uh, negatively impact me. Um, just, like, not identifying with um, a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, who am I? Yeah. Um, and it's based on just like a society, it's kind of hard to um, find yourself um, outside of where you're from. Yeah. And who you know and who you associate with. Like, who you are involves those uh, pieces. And so sometimes I'm just like, okay, well, like for example, from record to record, I make completely different music. Yeah. Like, the last record I put out was maybe three years ago. Uh, oh, it was more than that. It's two thousand. No, it was three years ago. Um, it was like uh, country music. Really. And that was based on like what my family listening listened to growing up. Yeah. Um, but now like, it, it just goes on and on and on. Like every record has been so completely different, and now the rec the record I'm making now is just. A, it feels like. I don't, I don't quite know what. Cool. Yeah, I'm just kind of grasping. I don't know, like, I don't have a sound, you know? Yeah. It's not like I moved from Texas and I play country music. Yeah. That's what I noticed seeing your setup live, I thought was very interesting because you have, you know, a guy playing synth bass, but you also have a guy playing lap steel. You know, you've got, like, the background vocalist, but you've got the drummer who's also, you know, either running a track or, like, hitting the pad or that kind of stuff. And it, 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 my first thought I thought or the first thing that came to my head was like this is a very eclectic mix but it's working and I feel like that's totally. very hard to do um, especially in Nashville a lot of people feel like they need to combine um, either some country element or be do something different and a lot of times it creates these like Frankenstein musical projects where people are like yeah well I've got this harp but I've also got like electric kazoo and it's like just like this new thing I'm working on but I feel like you know your set you found a way to kind of uh, make all that work and so would you say like with this new record or maybe moving on you know you've been doing different genre per record are you, are you feeling you found this combination of those elements and you're kind of finally finding your voice and kind of going into that I think f- finding my voice would just be realizing that I don't have a sound mm-hmm. and that I just being a person like I change year to year yeah um, and I know that the kind of record that I think I'm going to make um, next isn't actually going to be the record I make because yeah. I'm going to be different by the time I'm tracking it um, and accepting that has been really cool um, and there's a sort of confidence I find there I'm like okay this like I want this song to sound like this what uh, production element does that need 
and it just like it never really clashes because it starts with this song mm-hmm. um, and the production sort of comes behind that um, this granted this the last record was a bit different a lot of it was production oriented and then the song kind of came around that but every definitely like everything found its glue mm-hmm. um, it wasn't so eclectic that it was just an experiment yeah you know um, yeah. do you feel that your upbringing you know traveling around so much and being a part of all these different cultures and all these different experiences do you think that's the direct reflection of how your music is so different year to year combination all these different elements is that would you say that's almost the reason why ooh I don't know if I could peg that as really? the reason yeah I don't know that there is a reason um, except everything I've experienced my whole yeah. life because it's definitely just it's like me it's the way I work mm-hmm. uh, the way I think uh, that's why the records sound the way they do. Yeah. So that would definitely be an element. Mm-hmm. Talk more about so this upcoming record, right? Um, you know, probably ten songs, twelve songs. What are you looking at? Uh, what was it? I think it's ten, eleven. Okay. What was like making this record, having all these different elements? What were some of like you'd say some of the obstacles you faced getting it together? Um, you know, what are some of like the challenges you faced? What was like your favorite things about the recording? Tell me, yeah. tell me about the creation of it. Cool. So this um, was the hardest record I ever made. And you know Chad Walbrink? I do, yes. Yeah. Great guy. Great He's guy. fantastic. So we've been working together since we were 16 as well. Okay. And um, he's he was on this record. Mm-hmm. And it's been, I mean, the last couple of records we made, um, really easy. It was like, okay, we have these instruments. It, the... They were more like a thematic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The records. But this one, I was like, I was pitching the ideas. No one really got it. We went in, recorded the tracks. Um, Mason, Self, and I, um, just acoustic guitar and his crazy drumming. Mm-hmm. Then we muted the acoustic guitar and then built the songs around the drum part. The drums, yeah. Mm-hmm. But on every song, we ended up gating the drums completely. Um, so it sounded almost like a drum machine, but it was Mason's playing. Yeah. Um, and it took us a while to get there. Basically, we were we had this vision, and just having worked together before, the three of us, Mason, Chad, and I, mm-hmm. knew had an idea of what we wanted to make, but had no reference point. Yeah. Um, because we want, we were trying to make something we hadn't exactly heard. Yeah. So I think the challenge was creating that sound that we creating that that basically human drum machine, right? Yeah. And a hundred other elements on the record yeah. um, that correspond. But th- just anything um, we knew could exist, mm-hmm. but hadn't yet created or heard. Um, so it was a, there were a lot of frustrating moments where like, well, how do we make this, mm-hmm. how do we make this mesh with this? Like Making that puzzle where the pieces aren't necessary to find. Right? Exactly. How does, the, how does this acoustic guitar fit with all of this drum machine mm-hmm. and sound? awesome mm-hmm. it took a while yeah but you feel like you finally found those elements and it's coming together totally and uh i like i know for a fact we all we all found it um and at the same moment every like we'd track it we'd track a song and if we knew that was it and we finally found it mm-hmm. um you just hear everybody laughing after yeah. the after the music stops and like victory right uh-huh. exactly that's awesome oh man because i know uh, this, you know, unidentified record that is coming out at a to-be-announced date, um, I feel like 
people that I greatly respect in Nashville um, have either heard you live or um, heard the record or that kind of thing and have been like blown away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I haven't cool. heard or met um, like Thad Kopeck being one of the people, you know, someone that I greatly respect. He was like, I believe the tweet read, uh, if Caleb Grove isn't playing theaters by the end of this new record cycle, like I'll have lost faith, faith in music. Oh, that thanks, kind of thing. Thad. And it's just those things of it's like, it's, it's, this is always such an exciting time. I feel like when, uh, you know, the slate is completely blank, you know, you could be playing arenas by the end of this, you'd be playing, you know, packed out clubs or anything. And just that unidentified future is just in front of you. Like the world is kind of your oyster in that thing. It's always, I feel such a fun time to be a part of, whether it be, you know, as a producer, as a artist or as like a tour manager, any of that kind of stuff. You're just like, um, we could do anything, you know, that like, ah, like the inhuman, totally. invincible. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Um, I, it's a legitimate feeling because it's a feeling Yeah. that you're feeling, but it doesn't, <laughs> yeah, I love that it doesn't really hold any weight to it. Yeah. Except what's inside of you. Mm-hmm. And that could be uh, your catalyst your whole life mm-hmm. and you'll be fine, but it's not really based on anything, which yeah. is fantastic. That's so, it's such an interesting, because that's like, you know, everybody in Nashville, more or less, you know, the mechanic you have, the guy that's roofing your house, they all have a record and they're all, you know, this is something I'm chasing. And there's such a, um, a respect or a, I guess the word would be just like a, uh, you know, respect, we'll just use that one, um, for people that are really pursuing their dreams and really like going for it. I think it takes such a strength to be able to kind of cast that off and not take the easiest route out because it's not I mean it's not easy of course mm-hmm. going out and putting yourself on the line and creating something and handing it out to people and saying like hey this is kind of who I am like if you don't like it you're kind of saying you don't like me like you know and like putting yourself out on that thing um, it's equals it's equal parts uh, courage and self torture mm-hmm. yeah oh my gosh so being in Nashville when did you move to Nashville just over two years ago. Two years ago. Um, before you moved, were you, what was kind of going on, what what started the move for you? Was it the, I want to do music full time, or kind of, where were you at before Nashville? Oh, I've known, so I, when I was 12 years old, I was like, Caleb, you're going to be a musician, don't back down. Oh, that's awesome. Which has been crazy seeing the felt grow, mm-hmm. just because there, there are plenty of musicians in Nashville. Um, as far as I know, I'm the only one doing felt for a living. A, a felting musician is something I haven't heard of before. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and by the way, I thought it, I've been frustrated lately. Just to like, people love to identify: Are you a musician? Are you mm-hmm. a visual artist? Um, and why can't I be both? Ex- right? Exactly. And I think people are finally coming around, and they're like, "Oh, Caleb Grow, creative entity. Like, I like what you do." Mm-hmm. And it, it's. It was really tough for a while. People being like, oh, I didn't know you made music. And then other people being like, oh, I didn't know you felted. Or thinking because you're good at, you know, music, you can't be good at felting. Or because you're good at felting, you can't be good at music because, oh, this is the thing. I feel like people like Donald Glover being an example is someone yeah. who I feel like society is starting to accept more and more that, you know, I can be an award-winning writer. I can be an award-winning stand-up comedian. I can be, an, you know... Uh, multi-platinum recording artist you know mm-hmm. and I could do all these things I feel like it's starting to become more and more because of, you know as those those lines blur you see like the Twitter bio is the greatest example I feel like people are like what's up um, producer actor singer songwriter uh, <laughs> dancer like live life like all that kind of stuff um, 
And it, there definitely is, I feel like, you know, not every person is just a one-sided. Totally. It's not, oh, you could only be a musician. You don't have any other passions or interests besides that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of people that don't necessarily pursue or get so divided that they don't uh, invest their talents into one thing specifically. And because of that, they're like, yeah, I'm a drummer, but they don't really drum. Or yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a singer, but I've never really taken like any kind of lessons or really tried to write songs or any of that kind of stuff. And so uh, there are a lot of people I would say that, you know, if you don't have that drive, it can come off the wrong way, which is why people are so, yeah. uh, well, I mean, you can't be practicing guitar four hours a day and also felting four hours a day and then doing all these other things. It's like, how would you be so good at that? But, you know, with the, the changing times and the, the de- dedication, it really is much harder to be good at so many things but if you can pull it off that's probably the most like respect that you can get yeah i feel so that's why it's so cool to see someone um like when i was telling one of my roommates i was like oh yeah i'm gonna have um caleb grow come in to do one of the shows he's like man that guy is just good at whatever he does that's so that kind of thing so you know taking those little bits of encouragement there for you but yeah, so you were, where did, where did you say you moved from? Um, from Boston. From Boston. And so... I just um, said, my family was there. Yeah. They were moving. And I was like, well, rent's expensive. Um, I won't be around family. I have a lot of friends in Nashville. Just mm-hmm. coming through on tours, like I knew Mason and Chad. Yeah. The other two on this record. And that was touring as Caleb Grove. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Nashville stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you are a person who I would see in Nashville, and it, like, makes sense for you to be here, that kind of thing. I hear that a lot in yeah. Boston. You know, it could just be the floral shirt, right? Or, you know. <laughs> That's I what, heard that a lot in Boston about moving to Nashville. About moving to Nashville, right? <laughs> they're like, get out of here, you're too Nashville for us. Because exactly. they're like, we're Boston, and we know exactly what Nashville exactly. is. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. You're more. You're a little bit more barista parlor than Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> barista parlor being the cultural identifier for <laughs> Nashville, Tennessee. Kind of is. I mean, I go to like Sight Glass or Blue Bottle and people are like, hey man. And then like I just ask a lot of questions. They're like, hey, are you traveling? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm from Nashville. They're like, oh, you got barista. I'm like, I live down the street, man. <laughs> I love it. So is that, is barista parlor your spot? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, the, most days I, um, as I said, I'll just like get to work immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I drink coffee at home most of the time. Yeah. But if I'm going out, yeah, I love Barista. Oh, it's such a great, it's such a great spot. It's definitely something, you know, being out on the road, you get used to kind of that level of, uh, oh, this is a very high quality, this is a very, like, nice environment. And it's so interesting, I feel like, especially, like, when we go out on tour and that kind of stuff, we're almost always looking for that kind of refuge at a place. Like, yeah. oh, this is a lot like home. So it'll be like, what coffee shop has, like, antlers hanging on the wall? Because that's, <laughs> like, we know, like, the identifiers. I think... Uh, our uh, uh, our tour photographer David O'Donohue has been very helpful in that there's this application that if you have a certain amount of followers on Instagram you can go to certain businesses and trade like a mention for a product wow. so a lot of coffee shops that are like Barista Parlor in that they're very Instagrammable very like vibey would be the word um, those places will trade you free coffee if you have like enough followers that kind of thing that's a great and trade for the shop yeah and that's where we find oh, this is, like, going to be that barista parlor because they want that Instagram crowd and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so great to have that kind of little bit of home, you know, just because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it, it, any any coffee shop where the barista 
will talk to you for more than five minutes about coffee is always yeah. a great place to be because they it's just so caring about that product. I wonder what their threshold is for the social media. If it's like, oh, you got five thousand. Here's a bag of here's a bag of beans. Oh yeah. If it's like, oh, you got three point five. Mm. No nah, man, this is oh, twenty bucks. Yeah. I know. I know. Most of them are like, you know, you have to have a significant number. It can't just be like, oh, I've got five followers because, you know, they're wanting to get that cool, that cool crowd. And obviously, the built-in audience is such a thing. But yeah. So something to look forward to, you know. Oh, I can trade Instagram followers and all that stuff for free coffee. Yeah. Record before the one that just came out is called Bottomless Coffee, right? Yeah. Is that just because of your love for coffee, or where yeah, was that? I got that tattoo. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, coffee would be a pretty big part of your life then, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think it's the only addiction I'll ever accept. And for a long time, like the addiction, the word addiction has such a connotation. I was yeah. like, I'm not. I love coffee. I won't accept that. But scientifically, yeah, I like you will go through withdrawals mm-hmm. if you drink so much a day, and then don't. And so technically, you you are addicted to a substance. Your body is. Yeah. Um. God, but damn, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that was such a weird because like growing up, so like my my great great grandfather was like one of these like owners of a Dr Pepper bottling plant. Oh, cool. So he was like this kind of guy where. He was, like, known for drinking Dr. Pepper more often than water kind of thing. Oh, wow. And it just kind of trickled down in my family to where, like, growing up, like, I never drank coffee. No one in my family drank coffee because we were always just drinking soda and that kind of thing. And growing up and starting to realize, oh, man, if I don't have a Dr. Pepper today, like, I'm going to get a headache. And wow. being like, oh, this is this is crazy. And it's definitely, like, it's so weird because people don't want to be like, oh, I'm not addicted to that because, like addictions for people that are like on drugs or doing something illegal and I can go to a store and buy this so there's no way I could be addicted to it but it is so weird to be like more or less in a sense like baristas are kind of just drug dealers you know but like (laughs) (laughs) in a very much very much more legal sense and not a not bad right totally (laughs) yeah baristas the good stuff yeah creme is fantastic yeah they have have you been to Steadfast I was gonna say Steadfast is awesome i think i i stumbled in there on accident during a soft opening and they gave me a coffee soda for a dollar fifty and yeah. i was like if this is the price i'm going to be here all the time but i think it's it's gone up now it but, was a soft opening yeah, yeah the, but, they had all the food like discounted at the soft opening oh man everything the it's definitely the best food i've had in a coffee shop really yeah it's incredible that is high praise for someone that has a coffee tattoo right <laughs> oh really no <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome yeah I mean it's it, it's so interesting the the coffee culture in Nashville because I know so many people like in college you know everyone's like okay well I want to be an artist I want to own a record label I want to um, you know do a marketing company there are a lot of people in Nashville like oh I want to open a coffee shop which is so funny because there's so many people doing you would think like in like most like the town I grew up in there's like one coffee shop and like no one would open up another coffee shop because it's like well that's that's the coffee shop like that's the one we go to so it's so weird to think about like that level of competition kind of thing like yeah so many people because isn't i believe the people from steadfast weren't they originally working crema. with crema and then they kind of like went rogue and opened up their own place it's so weird to think of like it's not necessarily i would say a war i wouldn't use that like but there's definitely like a battle going on for like who can make the best like latte and who can have the best vibes at their place and that kind of thing you know outside of felting outside of music you know what else are you passionate about what else are you interested in what do you you enjoy like going to the movies that kind of thing or what's 
no. what's going on in the grow world, man? Uh, seriously, just working all really? the time. Yeah. I mean, that's that's dedication, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, if I work until if so, yeah, I wake up, start working, if at like, five, six, or seven o'clock, those are usually the hours. Mm-hmm. I just like break and I'm like oh shoot I gotta leave the house yeah. like I gotta do something um, dating someone awesome um, okay. and try to see her if I can yeah um, you know Nashville's a very social city yeah and everyone is launching their businesses every night mm-hmm. and so there's always something to do if yeah. you need to get out so just trying to like maintain trying to maintain friendships I feel like that so um so the average day, you know, you've you felt it, you've written music, and then is it just to bed, and then on to the next day? Yeah. It's a, seriously, my life revolves around, like, what can I make today? Mm-hmm. And was this art worthy? And that's probably the sole question I'm yeah. asking. So on, how many, like, how many pieces are you creating a day? Like, what's in the, the span of, you know, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m.? How, like what's what's is that like a good day is I've made two or three or what's the oh a good day is see right now I can make um sometimes two an hour really um very small ones oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then larger ones could take an hour sometimes an hour and a half mm-hmm. which has been cut in half yeah um from even six months ago yeah which has been crazy to watch that and then I'll do a little bit of production work on a song, mm-hmm. maybe write a verse. And that's a good breakup to keep your mind sharp. Totally. So a good day, you've you know written a couple songs, created ten pieces, and yeah, that's that's so crazy. So eventually, I mean, are you planning on keeping this just a sole operation? Would you ever think about bringing like an apprentice on and teaching them? And oh, that's been a yeah a question a lot of people have asked. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have asked to be that apprentice. Really. But I think I ha- I really have to um, to practice knowing myself yeah and um, what creativity I want to put where and what energy I want to invest mm-hmm. where and I don't th- I don't think felt needs to go any further than it is currently I'm really? having fun and making uh, pieces I love um, and I think it's just gonna have to stay there yeah yeah so where can um, just for the listeners where can they find um, your music and these pieces at um, Grow Artifact or GrowArtifact.com for felt, mm-hmm. and then music is all up on Bandcamp and Spotify and iTunes. It's okay, everywhere. and for uh, for the people interested in the felting at GrowArtifact.com, um, you know there are various animals, various sizes. Uh, can people custom request or? I do a lot of commission-based pieces. Okay, a lot of pets. Mm-hmm. Sometimes husbands are getting their wives, and I'm like, "Man, you just better know. Yeah, you better know your wife, because if she wants her living pet's head above the mantle, <laughs> you got a special thing going." That's a very interesting uh, thought. So anyone interested could go request. Like, I would love a blue whale and that kind of thing. That happened two days ago. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, there you go. Be uh, be sure to check out uh, Caleb Grow at those places. GrowArtifact.com. Uh, Bandcamp, Spotify, checking out Bottomless Coffee, uh, the new album to be announced. Yeah. Be on the lookout for that. Very EP excited. in July. Probably EP, EP in, in July. July. All right. Uh, be sure to like on Facebook, follow him on Twitter, get all that kind of good stuff. And then other than that, man, thanks for coming in. We really appreciate it. Thanks, bro.